You know, one of the hardest things for leaders to do is manage people. And even harder than that is managing volunteers, people who are not getting paid. There's really no incentive for them to stick around other than their goodwill and their wanting to be helpful. My guest today knows a thing or two about managing volunteers, and I'm really excited to be uh, honing in on some of his experience and wisdom on this matter. I know it's going to be very helpful for all the listeners of this podcast, so stick around. Hey, what's up, guys? This is John Ryan Kane, too, and this is Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. Hey, what's up, everybody? God bless you, and welcome to another episode of Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast. I am your host, John Ryan Cantu. This is a show that brings you leadership tips from ministry leaders, business leaders, entrepreneurs, uh, people who have been where you are, people who have been where you are wanting to go, and we bring them in for interviews, and we really just kind of pick their brain and get uh, some insight from them. So today's guest is uh, Luis Martinez. He has more than 20 years of leadership experience in employee development and operations management and has collaborated with worldwide industry-leading companies such as Microsoft, HSBC, AT&T, and Lakewood Church. He has led business and ministry operations with more than 1,500 employees and 5,000 volunteers. He's managed volunteer operations in more than 85 event stadiums with attendance ranging up to 65,000 and has trained nearly 20,000 volunteers in the U.S. and Latin America. I met uh, Luis, uh, a.k.a. Kike, uh, we call him Kike. We met him earlier this year and he consulted with our church with new leadership structure and volunteer management. It's been a pleasure knowing him ever since, and uh, I'm excited to welcome him to the show today. All right, Lewis, uh, thank you so much for being on, on today's show, bro. What's up, man? Hey, Brian. Uh, thank you. So glad. Thank you for having me here. Yeah, it's, uh, it's uh, something I've been wanting to do, you know, ever since I met you. I was like, Man, Kike would be a really good person to have on this on this show, and so it was just a matter of scheduling you. And uh, last week we we ran into each other um, <laughs> yeah. with our wives at, at, at the movies, and uh, I was like, okay, well this, this this is it. I'm gonna have to go ahead and, and, and send him an invitation. So uh, yeah, thank you, bro. Um, yes. So you know, before we go further, mm-hmm. Luis or or, or Kike. So <laughs> I was introduced to you by my dad, who knew you as Kike, and so that's kind of how I, I I know you, Kike. All right, so my name is Luis Enrique, Luis, okay. so Luis Enrique Martinez. But um, so since I was a child, they call me Kike. That's okay. a short for Enrique. Uh-huh. Uh, so when I moved to the United States, my family already called me Kike. So now, that's that's what's okay. stuck. Yeah, yeah, me, yeah. Okay. Um, so <laughs> you know, we we've uh, I've had the pleasure of knowing you now for maybe a few months. You know, since the, the beginning of the year, you you helped out our church a little bit with some consulta- uh, consultation. And uh, I know you're doing, you're still doing a little bit of that, right? Um, Definitely, yes. Yeah, I, I know you're busy. You're a pretty busy guy, and, and we'll, we'll kind of get into all of that in just a second. Um, but before we go any further, how about um, just kind of giving us a little bit of insight as, as, as to who you are, uh, maybe a little bit of background, uh, where you came from, all that stuff. Yeah, so I was born in Mexico City. I was born in a Christian family. Uh, when I was about 15 years old, my dad felt like, he um he just felt called to move to the United States. My mom's American, so oh, when we were oh. born, we, you know, 
we got birth certificates, social security. Okay. So we were, you know, dual citizenship. Yeah. So my dad, when we, I was 15, just felt called to move the, the you know, the family over here. Mm-hmm. I went to high school in El Paso, Texas. Oh, okay. I don't know why El Paso. No, <laughs> no, no. No, everybody's listening to me. I like El Paso. But anyway, so I went to El Paso, Texas. Uh, then I came to San Antonio for college. Okay. And I started college until um, I started, you know, working as well while going to college. And I okay. really liked the corporate environment. Yeah. And I just kind of, that caught my attention more than yeah. studying books sure. and trying to remember yeah. for tests, right? Uh, so anyway, so um, yeah, that's that's kind of where, where, where I uh, okay. landed in San Antonio. Yeah, okay. So San Antonio. Mm-hmm. And you worked, I know you worked in corporate America for, for a long time, right? And mm-hmm. uh, you were... You were successful, and um, at some point, you you went into ministry. And so, I'm kind of curious as to that 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 transition. Um, so, so what did you do before, like you know, full time ministry? Okay. So when I'm in San Antonio, um, I I had to. My family went through some. My dad, you know, went through a period where um, he got his business partner pretty much stole everything from him. So, oh, wow. you know, that was yeah. kind of different, a difficult season for us. Yeah. So that made me kind of support myself. So when I was in San Antonio, I had to get a job to go to school and all mm-hmm. that. So I started in a call center. I remember the first time I came in, this was going to be a job where, you know, you know, I was one of the guys calling you to bother you to oh, switch man, to AT&T guys. or one of those. I was one of them, right? <laughs> but the first time I get there, I'm sitting down and the guy, the director that comes in, He's the call center director, and he introduces himself. This is like the orientation. Yeah. And he said, hey, listen, I started where you are. Mm-hmm. That's what he said. I started where you are, and I'm the director, so I love, you're going to love working here. And I remember thinking, hey, if you did it, I think I can do it myself. Yeah. And that was kind of like my goal. I, it really gave me, uh, not hope, but really motivated me. Like, hey, sure. if you did it, I can do it. Yeah. Um, to, so short story, within probably, I was 17, 17 at that age, by 19, I was kind of like supervisor, 20 manager. But when I was 24, I was, I was director of calls, of a call center. So okay. I was managing a call center for Sprint uh, with about 700 employees. Wow. So since then, I just kind of fell in love with that. And yeah. I started moving into different companies, opening call centers. So I really moved into like startups, call center startups. Mm-hmm. I lived in Harlingen. I lived in um, McAllen, Bronzeville, all that valley. There was mm-hmm. a period of time in the 2000s uh, where all the call centers went down there. Um, so I just became, I just really loved startups. Mm-hmm. Wow. Uh, so I did that for a while. And within those, that's when, you know, the relationship with Microsoft, with AT&T, I really started, you know, um, working with them for them. Um, they, I got to the point where I needed something different. So I switched to banking. Okay. Which is kind of different, right? Okay. Um, so I went to HSBC Bank, which at that time was uh, between them and City were the largest banks in the world, and um, just really learned a lot of that in the banking industry. Um, started with uh, branch startups, and then managing a couple of branches, and then I moved to corporate mm-hmm. uh, f- uh, uh, for marketing. So I went into the marketing world. So it was just kind of all over the place, yeah. right? Yeah. Um, but just really quick, you know, so that's kind of the corporate experience and we could talk a little bit more of that. Yeah. But then there was a, pa- a part of my time where I was like, just, I had, I, you know, I grew up in a Christian home, but I had kind of like, just, uh, you know, mm-hmm. took a little detour and just living the life and partying. But I really felt very, very, um, lonely. I was successful, but I was empty and, mm-hmm. uh, I was here in Houston. Uh, I came to do some trainings or something and I remember, um, going to a local church here. 
Um, I had a good friend of mine that I followed and admired for a long time. Mm-hmm. Um, Marcos, you know Marcos. Yeah. yeah Marcos Wade. Yeah, yeah. And then um, I came in and I just reconnected, rededicated my life to Christ and everything changed at that moment. Wow. You know, all my goals, my everything that I had, the vision I had mm-hmm. just changed. And all I wanted was just to um, just to serve him. So I, um, it's, a, it's a long story, but to make it short, yeah. I ended up moving in you know from Santa to Houston and I started attending the church uh, while I was still working at the bank mm-hmm. and uh, God just took me through this really fast process of you know healing and restoration and and about a year later um, by this time kind of the leadership in the church kind of knew who I was and mm-hmm. you know we started a relationship and they knew what I did and um, I got a call one time and said hey listen you know we have about 5,000 volunteers and we know we need someone that can help us with just that world, you know. Mm-hmm. And uh, they looked at my experience, and long story short, you know, offered me a, a position. So wow. that's when I started working for Lakewood Church. Okay. In okay. 2007. In 2007. Okay. 2007. So, so yes. right around the time where <laughs> the market was crashing <laughs> and everything. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and and so, so was that a big transition for you? I mean, coming out of the corporate world into... Um, to you know a church and i know that there was probably a lot of you know there was probably a lot of the corporate side to the, what you were going to be doing at lakewood correct. um but you were but you were now working for, for for ministry right correct um and so from there it sounds like you're i mean from from what i know about you it sounds like your ministry kind of uh, flourished a little bit and you started to kind of branch out into other ventures um, that helped churches mm-hmm. uh so how was that kind of like a major uh shift for you kind of coming out of that it it wasn't it wasn't <clears throat> that's weird okay yeah. okay so it was obviously it that, at that time like it was a big church yeah. and it was managed with different you know departments areas so it does seem like you know it it, it was kind of the same but obviously the dynamics right. were completely different um, and then, of course, working with volunteers. Yes. Uh, you're used to managing employees. Right, and, right. And these now volunteers. Yeah. So that was a um, that was something new for me. Yes. Uh, but it is very rewarding. I yeah. think um, I think if I was to go back to corporate today, I would be three times a better leader sure. by all the things that I learned in ministry, too. Yeah. And that's that's really what I want to talk about. Uh, mm-hmm. Kind of the, the meat of, uh, of today's conversation is, you know, managing volunteers i'm sure that's a, a a big a big change from managing people who are you know working for you for for money <laughs> exactly. uh, but you know, I, I also want to ask you you know were there any skills that that you learned in 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 your time you know in marketing in banking in the call center mm-hmm. um, any key skills that you can remember that you kind of directly applied to um, the ministry stuff that you still use today? Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I usually tell my friends or, or I tell when I'm doing consulting is um, I think, I believe that today the the, the church is going to be successful. It's going to be one that can embrace mm-hmm. um, some skills that come from corporate. Yeah. Um, you know, at the same time, I always say that the marketplace, corporate America can learn a lot from the church, right? Yes, yes. But in the context of our conversation, absolutely. There's there's so many things that I learned there that that I that apply to ministry or that help me be better at ministry. One, for example, and I can think of many, it's time management. Mm-hmm. Um, just, you know, for example, you know, in, in corporate America, communication response is a key, you know. Um, and I've, it's a place where no an, un, unanswered emails, 
Mm-hmm. Um, any type of lack of communication really impacts the organization. Yeah. And I think that in ministry, especially if the ministry was born, you know, if you've been since you were born in ministry or, you know, if, mm-hmm. if it's started in ministry, these are the things that are not on your radar, right? Yeah. One of the number one complaints that I hear from friends that do like events with pastors and churches is, is that, Man, they just won't answer emails. They won't send yeah. me the information on time. You know what I mean? So time management, it's okay. its incredibly important to me in ministry. Um, the other thing will be organizational structure. Mm-hmm. Um, I help pastors. That, one of the things that I love to do is help pastors. And I th- you, know, you and yeah. I yeah. actually went into some of those conversations. And uh, a pastor is like a CEO. I think really, the pastor is the CEO mm-hmm. of the company. And the CEO in corporate America is not the one that does everything. Mm -hmm. He has a team. He has a structure underneath him that, and he just manages, right? He manages by observation, putting out fires, but he's, he's a visionary, but he has his team working for Mm -hmm. him. So, um, one of the things that I've seen, the biggest challenges in ministry, it's the lack of organizational structure. Uh, I see pastors really burned out, you know, just a lot of heavy, Mm -hmm. heavy, heavy, um, What's the word I'm looking for? Well, they just really have lots on the plates and they yeah. feel that like they have to do everything. Right. So organizational structure is one of the things I, that I learned. Yeah. I also think that there's a, there's a um, maybe this uh, stigma against, for some pastors, especially, and I, I grew up in, in the Hispanic church, and, and so I, I, I could probably uh, testify to this more, more so than any other, but I think especially in the Hispanic churches, when you start kind of viewing the church as um, like like a business in a sense, like mm-hmm. in, in the sense that it's an organization, um, there's a lot of pressure there where it's like, hey, you know, this is a ministry. This is not this is not a business. And, and of course, in, in, in a sense, it's not a business. We're not a for profit. We're not Correct. trying to make money. Right. Yeah, yeah. Um, but there is that organizational sense that we have to adopt from the business world that I think there's a pressure for, for from a lot of pastors who don't want to don't want to incorporate that because then they feel like, okay, well then we're just doing, we're doing uh, too much structure and there's not enough, you know, spirit guidance and all of that. And so mm-hmm. I think mm-hmm. that a lot of ministers and a lot of churches kind of fall prey to, to that kind of thinking. Um, and that's why their ministries are, tend to be a, a little unorganized. I don't know if you find that. To no, be- absolutely. Absolutely. And and it's really, the thing is, it's, it's all about organizational. It's about, um, efficiencies. You right. know, how can you do what you do? You know, easier, faster. Mm-hmm. You know, with less pressure, right? And I'll tell you, Jesus is the perfect example. He was, he was um, the, one of the best. Well, one of the best. What am I saying? The best. You know, in in this matter. For example, when you remember when there was a five thousand. Well, the multitudes. There mm-hmm. was about five thousand men. So think yes. about fifteen thousand people that he needs to feed. And I can see it right now. They're in this field, right? All 15,000 people, they're listening to the message, but they start getting hungry. And, um, and one of the things that I love, he, he knows he's going to do the miracle, and he knows he can do the miracle, but the one thing that he asks before the miracle is one thing. If you remember, he asks, hey, put everybody in groups of 50 and 100. Mm-hmm. He's asking for organization, right mm-hmm. before the miracle there's got to be order there's got to be organization so because imagine if he would have said hey guys all right their food is here yeah. everybody <laughs> would have just you know ran and there would be like chaos people are dead you know all this stuff so yes. he was he was great at this so um again that's one of the things that i really really 
uh, probably one of the most important skills that I learned in corporate yeah. that has helped me to be successful. When, when you have 5,000 volunteers, right? We right. have all these different areas that, that need to be managed. Uh, yes. That's that's super important. So Yeah, that's very important. Yeah. And, and I've always said this. I'm sorry. Sure, I always said this. I've said that corporate America should envy the church in this sense. If, if right now I had a business, it doesn't matter how big it is, and I'm thinking about growth, I need to... Obviously, I need to invest for growth. I need to, there's some expenses for growth. So, for example, if I, if I want to grow, I need to hire a couple more people, need to hire this, this, to create a, a better structure for growth. Mm-hmm. The church, you don't need to hire people, you have volunteers. Yeah. So, you can create any structure that you want, anything that you want. So, you have a, you know, if you want to create a new ministry, you create, you know, your, you know, leader your um, captains and your heads of this, this, you know, you can just create any structure. Um, So again, um, there's a lot of things that corporate America should envy from the church or learn from the church. I can can see that. (laughs) Yeah. yeah. And it's not, you wouldn't say that it's different um, because I, I think, I think someone who maybe comes from a smaller church, they might say, well, of course, you know, of course, Lakewood is, is is a church with thousands of members. Of course, they need organization. Um, you know, we're a smaller church, so we can kind of just do things, you know, on the fly. Um, what what would you say to someone who kind of who who, who says that to you? I, well, we're a smaller church. I don't I don't know that we need so much, you know, structure, so much organization. We can kind of just make you know make moves as we go. Okay, I think the key here is sustainability, right? Um, I think that. Yes, you could do that for a while, but that's not sustainable. Mm-hmm. This is where when you start experiencing burnout, you know, volunteers yeah. are burnout. Your team is burned out. Um, you start with a passion. Yeah, let's do this. And then, you know, then it's all dying, dying, yeah. right? So, right. so um, again, it is about creating structures that are, is going to help you become sustainable and it's going to help you grow. And it's going to really, it's going to feel, man, it's like, hey, let's have fun while we're serving, right? Yeah. You know, and, and, and just keeping that health system um, through organization. Yeah. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. But I can see that happening. And, I, you know, lately, so we'll talk a little bit more about this, but the first three, well, I've been doing consulting for about three years. My first year and a half, almost two, was large churches because I'm coming from a large church. Mm-hmm. So I used to go to these big, large ministries. But that past year, I've really been focused and enjoying a lot small churches, small to medium churches, because there's just... There's little adjustments, you know, little things, some simple adjustments that can really make a huge impact. Yeah. Um, but you, you and I have worked together. Right. We did some adjustments on, you know, some of the structure. And right. I, I hope I hear it. Oh, oh absolutely. Well. <laughs> yes. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah. But I mean, thinking about skills, the other thing, the other thing really important from that we can learn from corporate America is uh, employee training and development. You know, corporations spend thousands of, well, millions of dollars on training and developing their employees. Mm-hmm. Um, why? Because they know that they're, they're especially your your entry level, the, the the ones that are facing the customers. They spend so much money because hey, you could be a great company, but it's my interaction with the guy at the cash register yeah. is going to make me either that come back or not. Right. Uh, same thing in the church. They may love the way you preach. They may love your church, but if the interactions with the people that are that I'm face to face with. If they're not the right ones, I there's many other churches to go to. That's a good point. Um, you know, this is a very interesting thing. So when I and I, well, for those that didn't know, I left Lakewood a year ago to start full time um, um, consulting. So when I leave, my wife's like, "Hey, so what are we gonna do now every Sunday?" And I said, "Well, babe, you know, 
we need to be away from Lakewood because anytime a leader you know steps out you need to be like physically out of the building mm -hmm. to that to let the next leader really be able to take over right? right actually that's what i tell pastors and sometimes they don't like it when they <laughs> and I say hey when, when you know when you're bringing up your son or your daughter or anything you need to yeah. stay away for a year right because you really need to that anyway so i did that and we started going to different i said we're going to go to a church every sunday Um, so we can see what's going on, so I can see what's new. You know, I just need to kind of start seeing, you know, local churches. So we went every Sunday to a different church. And there was times, I kid you not, that I'm with my family and walking in. First interaction is not the best in the door. I'm like, okay, okay, I'll let it go. And as soon as I get to the kids area and I just glance around, I see the situation and I see the interaction. I'm like, okay, today we're going to go to the park, right? Turn around <laughs> and we're going to go. And it's it's true. Really? It's, it's, that's what happens. So. Wow. Um, again, uh, we need our volunteers are the first impression. Yeah, definitely. It is said that it is said, and I don't remember where I read it or where I got this, but um, it must have been in a conference something. But it says that the first your visitors will make a decision if they're mm -hmm. going to come back to your church within the first 12 minutes. 12 minutes, yeah. They, before they hear you preach. Yeah, yeah. So again. Investing the time in developing your your volunteers, uh, helping them grow within their skills, communication skills, it's it's to me it's super important. So that I learned that from corporate. Yeah, and then of course you know your communication skills, you know language matters. Um, we as leaders we can we can inspire, or we can kill morale, mm -hmm. right? So um, that's one of the things. And and lastly, you know, interesting enough, I've been dealing with this lately. It's marketing. You know, um, you know most successful companies. Uh, put about 10 to 12% of their total budget, annual budget into marketing. And this is something we don't talk about in church. Mm -hmm. Really think about yeah. it. We don't talk about it. But, um, you know, uh, for example, I just worked with a good friend of mine, Joe Rios. Uh, he's got a church here, a Generations Church. And this is during the summer. And you know, everybody that's hearing me, it's a pastor, you know, summer is a you know, slow time. It's a, it's a tough time. Yeah. It's, it's slow. And I remember his church started about with 45, 60 people. And in the summer, we put this, and I hate this word, marketing strategy, because you're like, it doesn't sound, okay, come on, we're ministry, right? It doesn't sound Christian. It doesn't sound <laughs> Christian. But we actually, simple, this is simple. Marketing strategy is like, hey, how are we going to let people know that we exist, mm -hmm. right? Yeah. How are we going to, we want to impact this community, this area. How are we going to let them know that, hey, we exist, we're here, and we would love to have, mm -hmm. have you come in. So we put some strategies in there. And I kid you not, uh, within a month and a half before the end of the summer, the, the attendance was about 130, 140 people, almost double attendance. Mm -hmm. um, again, and, and you know, and, and in my consulting uh, company, that's where we focused in the past five, six months. We're really starting to develop a lot of really, really good strategies for, yeah. for churches just to be out in the map. Yeah. Let me give you an example. Uh, if you go to if you if you were to find anything right now, if you want to find a plumber, where would you probably go? Google, right? Yep, definitely. And uh, and it is said now that only about I think uh, it's about seventy percent of the people people that go to, well nine out of ten people go to Google, right? Okay. And then only about seventy percent of them go past below the first six. Um, yeah, the top results. The top yeah. results. Only about 12% go to the second page. Yeah. So if, if someone says, hey, church in Houston, and you're not within the first six, mm -hmm. you know, I mean, that's just one yeah. example to yeah. give you, you know, and then, you know, um, people, 
read reviews. I know you read Definitely. reviews anytime. Yep, so do you have reviews in your church? Mm -hmm. All these kind of things that I know don't sound Christian, <laughs> right? But it is what it is. You know, yeah. you want to be able to, if you have a good ministry and, and you're in an area that you want to impact Facebook right now, yes. we know that, hey, you know, you can do target marketing. You know, there's so much stuff you can do now just yeah. to be on the map. Yeah. Uh, we, and we've, then, yeah. we've actually gotten several uh, visits or actually I'll say more than several. We've got quite a few uh, visits uh, from from just our Facebook life. You know, just going live, and 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 there, there are things. Sometimes we we're uh, you know we we look at you can see who's watching and stuff like that. How many viewers you're getting, and any anytime you go live, and mm -hmm. and sometimes it's kind of low, and it's like, man, you know, is this is this doing anything? You know, um, but then over mm -hmm. time, you know, time is 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 really your friend here yeah, when yeah. it comes to marketing. Uh, if you're if you're consistent with it, um, we we've seen people say, hey, uh, we we saw you guys on Facebook, and and we're here. So that's a great marketing strategy right Correct. there. Correct. Um, another one, it'll just like you say, I'm really just kind of reemphasizing everything that you're saying. No, 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 please. please. You know, uh, reviews. We, we've gotten plenty of reviews that said, hey, uh, we saw you, you know, you're near our area. You had great reviews. I mean, you're not going to go to a place that doesn't have good reviews, right? <laughs> exactly. If it has exactly. bad reviews, yeah. um, you have to you have to pay attention to those things. And, and so all of this is very, it's very important, you know, just like anything else. If you go into a restaurant, I think that that 12 minute rule can apply to a lot of things. You know, you go into a restaurant, smells bad you know <laughs> exactly. the the recept the, the 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 front you know receptionist is kind of rude you know they're walking you mm -hmm, to your table mm -hmm. and they're kind of just rude they sit down you, the waiter takes forever all of that's creating a bad impression you're already thinking man this is the last time i'm coming here even before you yeah. get your food right yeah, yeah exactly but right. even before you taste the food yeah yeah exactly, exactly. and so the, the food in, in 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 church terms could be the the word right mm -hmm. um so even before people get a taste of the word even if it's great you know it's quality it's truth it's 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 got the perfect amount of dynamics and everything that they need. They're already kind of checked out before they even absolutely, get there. Absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Isn't yep. that it's, and it's it's and they can love the way, like I said they can love the way you preach. They can mm -hmm. love everything. Or like when I work with the children's ministry, and I say this, they may love your pastor, they may love the church, yeah. but if the kids don't want to go there and yep. they're crying every Sunday, they don't want to go. Yep. Or when you go there, you don't have a sense of security. Like, oh my God, is, is my kid going to be safe here? Yeah. They'll look for another church. Yeah. You know, um, so it's very important, right? Very There's important. so many things that we very can. Important. I know we can probably do a whole episode on this. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to have you yeah, back. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but yeah, that's, that's great. Great stuff that you're, that, that uh, the truth that you're speaking. Um, mm -hmm. I, I want to talk real quick about the, man, the, the, the volunteers, because I know that at Lakewood, you manage over what, 500 Volunteers. Well, it was it was interesting. So, um, so the church has five thousand volunteers, right? Okay. So when they hired me, they didn't have. Of course, I cannot manage all five thousand or their departments, uh -huh. call it or ministries, because you have children's youth, you know, you know, worship, right? So it was interesting. My job was to oversee how those all those five thousand are communicated. Like I oversaw the overall recruitment, the mm -hmm. onboarding, the okay. trainings, you know kind of like from, from a far off, you know, 10,000 feet view, right? Yeah. But then for the Spanish ministry, I was into the operations. So that was about probably, I was about maybe 700 like direct volunteers that I managed, like their leaders and the sub leaders and the captains and team leaders, region leaders, mm -hmm. that. So, wow. so it was kind of a little bit of two different worlds. Yeah. But yeah. Okay. And so mm -hmm. my, my question, and I, I have my own theory on this, but maybe you can provide some insight. Do yeah. you think that managing volunteers is, is more difficult than managing employees? <laughs> <laughs> That's a great question. Um, I'll tell you what. I think there are pros and cons. 
Okay. So there's pros and cons. Um, what do you want to start with? Cons or pros? <laughs> let's start with the, I guess let's start with the pros. The pros. Okay. So the pros is, you know, uh, there's something very special. When you have volunteers, you have their hearts. Definitely, they are yeah. giving their time because they believe in you. They sure. believe in the church, in the mission. They're passionate. Uh, of course, our job is to keep that fire burning. Yeah. Right? Mm-hmm. But, but, you know, they're there because they believe in you. Um, most of them, and in the Spanish, Hispanic uh, church in the United States, a lot of them, uh, a lot of volunteers work Monday through Saturday, Monday through Saturdays. Sunday's their only day off. Mm-hmm. And they're coming here to work for you. So that's a pro. I yeah. mean, wow. Uh, if, if, if corporate America had that fire, right? Employees oh, yeah. that are fired up like that. Wow. You could do so many things, yeah. right? Um, there's also, there's unlimited, I mentioned this, unlimited uh, opportunities for structural management. When working with volunteers, you can create any structure you want. Um, the other thing too is you have unlimited access to skills that you wouldn't be able to hire or to pay for in yeah. the church. You know, uh, sitting in the church, you may have a graphic designer that says, hey, I can't help, you know, three hours a day, but I can work on the evenings and do, you know, mm-hmm. there's so much stuff. You may have an architect that's sitting there, and, you know, and he would love to do, you know, drawings for you for free. Yeah. So it's it's great. You know, there's, there's so much. You have unlimited access to yeah. skills. Every seat in your church is a different skill that is available for your church. And yeah. I don't see it in a way like taking advantage of, but it's like, really, it's, it's a blessing. It's, it's something you have. Right. Can, uh, can, I, can I just say yeah, uh, please, please. that, uh, that, that's really, that's really helpful that, mm-hmm. that you point out the pros of, of, of having volunteers, because I think leaders, when they're frustrated with volunteers, they're just thinking about the, the bad. And they're just thinking about, Oh, if we just had money, we can hire all this help. I've been there. I've <laughs> yeah, been there. You yeah. know, if we just had, you know, uh, all this money in the bank, we could just hire the, the staff that we need and we would take care of that, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, but, but seeing it from this, this point of view that, mm-hmm. uh, that you present, I think it's very, very eye opening. It's like, man, look at the resource that, that you have, uh, appreciate it, you know, um, nurture it kind of, kind of, kind of feed into that. And so mm-hmm. I, you know, I just wanted to Anyone who's listening, um, who manages volunteers, go back, you know, rewind b- about a minute and listen to that again. Um, Do a recent in, yeah, in our head, that's right? Good. Yeah, that's yeah. Really I good. did an exercise. Uh, it's a long story, but I was trying to ask for. I was thinking about asking for budget to do a celebration. By the way, everyone that's hearing me. This is one of my number one advice. Have an annual celebration for your volunteers. Let mm. them know you appreciate yeah. them. And just yeah. bring everybody into the house and have a huge party, right? So I was, I was um, in the process of saying, okay, how much money should I ask for to do this massive? And I did an exercise. So I took 5,000 volunteers times minimum wage times, you know, the average hours that a volunteer will give you per week, per month, mm-hmm. per year. And that equal to about $8 million a year that at Lakewood Church we were saving mm-hmm. uh, um, on salaries just by having volunteers. Yeah. And I did the math on smaller churches, even like 80 volunteers, 100 volunteers, still a couple hundred thousand dollars. So that's a value that really you have oh, yeah. with, with your team. Yeah, Another pro will be uh, just the loyalty and commitment. Um, a good percentage of them, because I know there's, you know, again, <laughs> like you said, you know, we have some of those that are yeah. just not committed, right, not loyal, right. and I get it. But, you know, we cannot judge the whole 
everything by right. just that. Mm-hmm. But just the loyalty that you get from them, the commitment that they're there. You know, you got, man, so those that are, are tired, they haven't slept, they're here, they're working really hard. So yeah. that's a pro. Definitely. definitely. Um, what are some of the cons? What makes it a little bit more difficult? Uh, well, one of them is, think about this. They only spend four days of one month doing the tasks that you ask them to. So whatever the task they're yeah. doing, it's only, what, four weekends, maybe four Sundays, depending on your church. Yeah. Yeah. So it is really hard. It impacts quality. Some people say, well, you know, uh, we could do this better. Well, think about it. If you were hired on a job just but four days out of 31, you're not going to get good mm-hmm. until a long time. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one of the cons. You okay. know, We only have them here. Um, and also the communication, the time for training. It's just you have so limited time to work with them. Yeah. That's what makes it difficult. Um, the other thing is, you know, they, they have outside commitments. You know, weekends, sure. weekends are typically for rest. And they work Monday through Saturday, like I said. Yeah. Sunday's that one day where, you know, they got to think about, do I take my kids to the park? Because they've been asking for, do, you know, do I do that? Mm-hmm. So that's that makes it a little bit uh, difficult. Um Another thing with volunteers, it's hard to make changes uh, when something is not working out. When you have to remove someone from mm. an area and put them in another, or just simply remove them from serving. That, yeah. um, there's that thing about their they're your congregation, and mm-hmm. and you know everybody has that one volunteer that's been there for years. Yeah, that you're like, man, you know. <laughs> Uh, you know, Lord, send them to the missions in, you know, <laughs> Call the jungle. And so, you know, you know, we all have. So it is hard. It's hard to do that. The problem, I think, is that we don't make, we, you know, when we don't make those hard changes, mm-hmm. um, you know, bad attitudes uh, disseminate. It's like cancer. It just spreads out. So you have that. There's We can spend one podcast in just yeah. that one subject. But that's what makes it uh, hard. And then the other thing, too, let's think about this. And this is going to be maybe controversial I give you a heads up okay. what I'm going to say. You, you can you can edit if you want. But um, in a church, you have you have people from different backgrounds, different mm-hmm. denominations, different people are coming from everywhere. So there's always that managing volunteers that are not in the same vision that you right. are. Yeah. Um, you know, religiousness, you know, yeah. things like that, that, that you also have to kind of hey, deal with, right? Yeah. In, in a job, hey, they can be whatever. The, the job is a job. In corporate mm-hmm. America, you know, in, in the marketplace, that's their job. But in church, they bring that with them. Yeah. And they'll, so that's a little kind of good. Good example manage. of that. Um, you know, fall festivals, mm-hmm. some, some people, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, most people, I think these days are all for, hey, let's have a fall festival. You know, it brings yeah. in people from the community. Yeah. It, it, it's fun. Uh, kids love it, right? And, and it's like a family event. And then you have some on the other side who are like, no, that's, you know, fall festival. That's just, you know, you're just sugarcoating yeah. you know, Halloween. We're celebrating Halloween yeah. and we don't want any part of that. And so, you know, that's kind of been in the past, not so much anymore, but in the mm-hmm. past that, that has always kind of been one of those hot button issues for us. Okay, well, do we do this? Do we not do this? Is it going to make some people angry? But then if we, you know, if we don't do it, then it's like, you know, what are we doing for our community? And yes. so I, I think that's one of those examples. That yeah. you're talk and about. the problem is that these, this is your labor force that's trying to yes. that you need to right. put these things together yeah. right so um <laughs> so yeah so and, and right now we're talking about fall festival it can be anything it's it's christmas it's, it's yeah. communion it's yeah. this it's a, you know it's all these things so that's what kind of makes it difficult so is the question was is it more difficult to man than managing employees i think it's it's just a, it's a different dynamic it's yeah. a, it, everything is a challenge it's a different challenge 
that we don't have really a lot of training or mm -hmm. we don't have a lot of knowledge into how to maneuver this. So yeah. really that's why, that's why, you know, the past 11 years, because I started, you know, 11 years ago in this volunteer world has been so insightful for me yeah. and so, so insightful. So, yeah. Yeah. Because think about this, Ryan, 90, well, typically 98% of your workforce in a church is volunteers. It's yeah. made up of volunteers. Sure. And some churches probably 99.5, yeah. right? <laughs> Where, you know, the only one on, on, on payroll is like the pastor and right. the secretary, right? Yeah. It's really, it's really. So So if we're trying to run a church, our workforce is volunteers, we need to understand or dive more into a how we, how we're going to do this, how the dynamics of managing volunteers. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, 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 definitely. So at the end of the day, would you say, uh, that the pros outweigh the cons or the cons? <laughs> I think I think you have, yeah, I think the pros outweigh yeah. the cons. Uh, okay. and, and as you continue to learn, you know, there, again, there are many churches that are successful that have kind of, that have been able to just, there's always going to be challenged, but at least, okay, I got this. Yeah. And I've been able to, to maneuver that. Right, so. right. And yeah, yeah I think that's a, that is a skill that, that has to be learned because um, mm -hmm. maybe sometimes the, the cons do outweigh the, the pros, but it's only because, you know, you're, yeah. you're not managing them yeah. uh, in, in the most efficient way. Mm -hmm. um, I want to talk about, you know, something else. I, you know, I imagine volunteers come and go as frequently as, you know, uh, <laughs> socks get dirty. Uh, and so this this lack of help, you know, turnover, it definitely frustrates leaders and, and, mm -hmm. and, and pastors and um, you know, even if you just ma you uh, manage an organization with volunteers, the people on top um, that that frustrates that's frustrating when, when when you don't get the help that you need. Uh, so how how can leaders create an environment that reduces like that turnover, volunteer turnover? Okay, so well, you just said the right word. The number one thing that comes to my mind is as leaders, we need to make sure that we're creating. Uh, I'll now quote Andy Stanley. In irresistible uh -huh. environments, but for volunteers, right? Yeah. We need to make sure that we're creating those environments. Um, healthy sheep reproduce, mm -hmm. right? If if our volunteers are in a in a in a good, healthy environment, they're gonna they're the ones that are gonna bring more people. But you and I, as leaders, we need to be the ones that are we we walk through the hallways, we walk through the rooms where they're meeting, and you can smell the environment, you can taste the environment. Mm -hmm. And and I've been there where I come in, I'm like. I would, if I was a volunteer here, I would want to run away from this place, right? Yeah. And there's, I've been in meetings or I've been in, with teams, you know, within the people that, that, that were under me that I'm like, I love this. I absolutely love this place and uh, I've had great fun with them. So, um, so yeah, number one is it's, we need to really evaluate and create good environments for them. Okay. That, that's going to help reduce turnover. Yeah. Yeah. The other thing, and I, I think the number one, and that's my opinion. The number one thing that impacts turnover or, or people leaving, it's leadership, bad leadership. Mm. Um, people, it's said in, in corporate, and I believe too in, in the church, people don't leave organizations. People yeah. leave people. Yeah. And um, our job is to really evaluate our leadership. Um, and here's the thing too. We need to be really smart uh, and, and ask you know, pray for wisdom as when we evaluate leadership because this is what happens. So here, here you are, the pastor. Underneath you, you have your leadership, and then underneath them, that's the volunteers. Mm -hmm. The interaction from the leadership to you—it's awesome. Yes, pastor. Oh, yes. Oh, yes. You know, you're like this is the nicest guy I've ever met. 
Mm-hmm. But when you're not around, the interaction from that person down to their people could be mm-hmm. totally different. Yeah. And we, it, it, and it'll be very easy for us not to catch it. Yeah. The other thing too is uh, a lot of our leaders, for us in the Hispanic community, uh, nobody has been. Um, if we don't provide leadership training, they're they're gonna lead by whatever example they receive from their parents or at their job. And probably it's not the best, right? Mm. So that's the way they're going to lead people. That's why I, I, there was a lot of times where I asked myself, how can this guy be so rude to his people? This is a church and this is these are his volunteers. But then I thought about it. It's like, well, that's probably the way he learned it. He saw it from his dad or he saw it from his supervisor mm-hmm. at his job. Mm-hmm. So anyway, so leadership, it's um, one of the things that we implemented and, and, and I always try to help friends implement is uh, exit interviews or some type of exit, a way for you to really understand and engage. First of all, how many people are leaving the volunteer teams and why they're leaving. Mm-hmm. And uh, and then you'll be surprised. A lot of times it has to do with leadership. Yeah. yeah. Um, another thing, again, uh, let's talk about um, turn, how do you re- reduce turnover? Uh, recognition. You know, people just want to know that they're doing a good job. Yeah. Right. Just say, hey, hi, thank you. We appreciate it. Um, just make sure that you put systems in place in your church that uh, will help you make sure that everybody's recognized and they feel good and you know they're they're being yeah. rewarded. Yeah. And uh, and the other one is um, you got to be on the lookout for burnout. Oh yes. Um, that you know you lose volunteers maybe not because they want to leave but you just can't do it anymore. Right. You know, they get sick and stuff. So volunteer burnout is one thing that you want to be out on the look. <clears throat> yeah. Um, and I'll tell you the reason why. Peep. Sometimes our congregants or people, they mistake relationship with service. Mm. So if I sign up to, if I am a nusher and this, and you know, if I sign up to everything I can to help, I'm a hey, points with God, and God's going to be really helpful. Mm. And you have families that you have, you have people that don't have time to even pray. Mm-hmm. Because they're, every Monday I'm at this practice, Tuesday this practice, right? right? And if you think about it, we, the church, could be separating families yeah. where Monday mom is here, Tuesday dad is here. And, the, you know, so it, again, that's another, that's another conversation. But, good, yeah, but um, yeah, looking out for burnout. Yeah, definitely. That's one of the things that you want to do. Right. And that was that was one of the questions I was going to ask you. How, how do we avoid burnout? Because, uh, you know, mm-hmm. at our church, we have a lot of we, and this is probably m- many churches. Mm-hmm. Um or at least many of the smaller to medium sized churches, uh, we have a lot of yes, we have a lot of people doing mm-hmm. uh, multiple things, mm-hmm. right? So we might have someone who volunteers in our our, our kids town ministry, you know, the, the, the children's ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, they also, you know, maybe volunteer on the worship team um, or, or or some somewhere else. It's it, it's it's rare that one volunteer only does one, one thing. thing. Yeah, uh, and so I think that. That is something that we have to be aware of, and sometimes, sometimes it's just a matter of we, there's not enough help, and so sometimes we mm-hmm. need to double up um, on some things. Yeah. yeah. But I think as leaders, we have to we have to really, really pay attention to: Are we demanding too much from them? Are we demanding, you know, too many meetings throughout the week? Like you said, are yeah. we separating them from their from their family, Families, from their yeah. kids? You know, dance recital or something. Mm-hmm. Um, I think just that the knowledge of that. Mm-hmm. Um, would kind of go a long way from us because I, I know there's a lot of leaders who, again, they get frustrated and they're like, "Hey, you, you know, you're just you're doing this for God. Uh, just <laughs> yeah. just stop complaining, stop whining." But on the other side of that, we have to recognize that these are people who get tired 
They need quality time with their family. That's exactly. of utmost importance. They, they need time to recharge, refuel, mm-hmm. um, because you really can't, a church can't um, operate efficiently if the leadership is totally drained. I mean, Correct. what are you going to give if you have nothing to give? Mm-hmm. And, and so I think leaders, and that's something that I've kind of had to remind myself um, to, to kind of look out for, hey, am I demanding too much from from these from these people absolutely what, what do you think about no absolutely that? i mean you 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 one of the things that you just said that's key it's it, in i'll summarize it with this is awareness yeah. just as leaders we need to be have this in our radar about hey are we gonna burn out is this gonna cause burnout right mm-hmm. as it you know the church i love the church and i'll be next week i'll be in the border of venezuela and colombia oh, helping nice. the people that are crossing the border you know uh-huh. escaping venezuela right uh-huh. so i love the church and what we do but and one of the things that happens in churches that we've pat and, and this is pastors us talking pastors to pastors yes. is that we feel like we have to do everything mm-hmm. and there's always so much need and that which creates lots of programming you have small churches that have more programming than you know, a big, large, <laughs> large mega church, yeah. right? Um, so we always got to think, hey, this is a great idea, but do we have the the manpower to do this? Yeah. And if we don't, are we going to put more pressure on the existing people that we have? That's good. So just awareness of, of, of burnout, it's it's number one. Key two is, like I mentioned earlier, organizational structure. You know, if we, we need to review our structure and say, hey, is there different ways to structure this that it, there's no much so much weight on our people? Mm-hmm. It, it's, you see, it's all related because we talked about, you know, recognition. We talked about irresistible environments, with, which creates more people to say, hey, I want to serve this. This is a cool place, man. I love to serve. Um, I visited churches where I see the volunteers and I see their smiles and they're wearing the T-shirts and I see it's like, man. I love to be part of this, right? Mm-hmm. So that's how you grow it. And then, of course, with that growth, then, of course, now you're avoiding burnout. You know, it's all a cycle. It's really yeah. all a cycle. Um, and then, um, like I said, like I said, um, growth. Oh, another thing I was thinking here. One thing that prevents growth, it's, it's what's the best way to explain it? Okay, sometimes as a church, we make it hard for people to, plug into serving our churches mm-hmm. i've been to churches uh more in latin america where to become a volunteer you have to take like 10 courses mm-hmm. and it's like a four month thing and you have to come to this this and get a certification for this certification for that and the guy's like hey i just want to pass a bucket man you know like <laughs> hey, i don't want to be a pastor i just yeah, want to open the door yeah. and say hi welcome to the church right your se- seminary yeah yeah that. exactly so so burnout sometimes happens because you don't have enough people but you don't have enough people because it's so hard to get into the door yeah. uh, i'll tell you a, a story that's it's very well known when lakewood was in the other building and they acquired this massive stadium well, they know they're gonna they have to prepare to go to this new uh, new building, which is bigger, requires more volunteers, and we knew that there was gonna be a lot of people coming in. So mm-hmm. they start to prepare, and when that happens, it, it's like okay, we need more volunteers. And he, this this was the way we selected volunteers. Say, hey Ryan, how are you? Good. Can you breathe? Great. Welcome. You know, <laughs> hey, <laughs> yeah, perfect. Coming in. So by force, we had to just really be very easy, just, you know, very lax on who we brought in. First, there was obviously some specific areas that we wouldn't bring anyone. But I'm talking about like greeters and ushers and stuff like that. So when that happened, it was a change of mentality. And we said, hey, well, okay, so we have to be inclusive. We have to make it easy. Well, what if once they are serving... 
then that's where we work with them to grow, you know, under growth in Christ, to grow spiritually. Instead of, hey, grow spiritually, become this person, then you can serve with us. Yeah. So it was kind of like a, a switch of mind because we needed to. Right. And that created, to me, what's a great way of bringing people into the door. I think so. Yeah. I, I think that that creates right off the bat a sense of ownership and you mm -hmm. feel like you're a part of the you're part of the church and that's what the 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 mission of the church is is to go out and and create disciples and and obviously we do that by by training and and teaching and and, and preaching but we we can't make it so so difficult to get yeah. into the door that they're like oh man I'm 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 never going to be ready for this <laughs> exactly you know? we yeah. I think we need to create steps of of growth right correct Correct. Um, just like you, just like you mentioned, and yeah. yeah, that's the same philosophy that I, I I try to you know adopt. I mean, anyone can anyone can say hi to someone. Right? <laughs> exactly right. You don't have to be you know you don't have to go through seminary. You don't have to do all of this stuff. You can you can just be there at the front, have a smile on your face, and and say welcome, and that that creates a good impression, and that uh, that creates a, again that sense of ownership. Yeah, and um, you know what? Uh, to add to that, Ryan is there's a higher chance, a higher probability that they will if they're going alongside someone mm -hmm. on their growth than by themselves yeah so when they come in here and they are growing with their you know fellow volunteers their team members and you know in that team you'll have people that are like have years and years of spiritual maturity right and you're putting this baby christian there you know and they have a better chance of you know continuing yes than by themselves yes so anyway yeah yes yeah. Yeah. really good really mm -hmm. good um yeah are, are there any systems or processes that you would recommend organizations and churches to employ um you know with their managing of volunteers anything you can think of so yeah so the in the context of managing volunteers um i think through our conversation we'll find that there's really not a lot out there um but i'll tell you what for, let me say technology Number one, technology. There's things in you know within the technology yeah, aspect that plenty. you can you know yeah. there's there's text in church uh, and maybe in the, in your notes in the in the podcast yeah. you, I'll give you the links. Yes. Text in church is a great tool yeah. for volunteer management. Uh, planning center, planning we set. know that yeah, one. That. Yeah. Um, you know, one of the things that that I found the church app. So here's what's happening today. A lot of people are investing a lot of money in their website, but this is what I found recently. New people or visitors or people interested in your church are going to go to your website. Your church members and volunteers, it's easier for them to go to an app, mm -hmm. a telephone app, yeah. a phone app, your church app. So actually, that's the reason why about eight months ago within Ministry Solutions, our company, we started a, a, a branch that focuses on uh, church apps and you know the marketing side. But anyway, the church app is great. It's great communications. <clears throat> you can do geo notifications where you can do segmentations of, you know, and this is just messages go directly to their phone, from the phone app to their, you know, to their mm -hmm. screen. And you and I know that we're all, yeah, we, and I'll say this, <laughs> we are all stuck to our phones. Yeah. So anyway, so yeah, technology. Technology, invest in technology for uh, easier uh, management of volunteers. Mm -hmm. I would say this, and, you know, I think it's important to invest in consulting, really. Um, you can learn from others' mistakes. You really can learn from other people's mistakes. You can learn from others that have access to knowledge from other people's mistakes. Kind of, yeah. you know, does that make sense? Yeah. Um, you you can save money, time, effort on on things that you, 
on learning that you will lose on self-discovery. I'm trying to explain myself. Yeah. So it could take you three years to self-discover something that in one lunch, you yeah. know, in one hour, someone can be like, oh, it'll yeah, blow your mind. Yeah, it'll yeah, blow your mind. So uh, there are many people out there, uh, and I'm, I'm sure there's people out there that can definitely help with consulting on this area. Um, consulting needs to be seen as an investment, not a cost, Yeah. right? Um, when you, If I pay $1 for a product, I'm going to get something worth that but an investment if i invest one dollar i'm gonna get more for right. my money so right. to me that's that's investment and then you know as a pastor send your teams to the leadership conferences uh there's many conferences in the united states that it's an investment but they'll come back with these great ideas yeah. and and a lot of these conferences are now talking a lot about volunteer management mm -hmm. i have a good friend of mine that's that um he was the um first impressions director from andy stanley church uh and jason young and he just um released a book called um uh, the comeback effect how volunteers can help congregants come back again mm -hmm. so anyway there's there's stuff now talking about volunteer management yeah. so definitely absolutely my friend. So there's absolutely. Plenty, plenty of stuff out there yeah 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 yeah, yeah. Well, whatever you have uh you can send me we'll link it in the in the show notes i'm interested in that 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 app because uh, we've actually been thinking about Oh. Um, you know, create an app for ourselves. Yeah. And so, um, yeah, I, I, I'll get that from you. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're, we're, we're going to go ahead and kind of start wrapping up. I don't know if there's yeah. anything else that you'd maybe want to leave with our audience. Yeah, definitely. I, I, I think um, as, I, as we've been speaking, and this is going to turn into a book. So I'll give you a little bit of, you know, okay. I'm writing this book. Nice. But this is really, the, there's the five key elements of volunteer management there's think about five pillars or five main rocks okay and if anybody's listening you can take notes on this i think you'll get you in the right direction so for volunteer management there's five pillars number one is attraction okay attraction. okay so th that answers this question what are we doing as a church to attract people to volunteer in our teams okay. uh, and this is where you think about recruitment strategies um, you know things that you can do so that you can be an attractive place to 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 volunteer. Okay. So that that brings people in. Door. Yeah, sure, sure. The number, the second area, the pillar is integration, onboarding. Once the volunteer says, "Hey, I want to I want to serve at your church," what kind of process do we have in place to bring to bring them quickly or to uh, you know onboarding? Right. To bring them in, uh, and this is where you think about. Even like interviews, uh, training, sex offender registry, all this stuff, you know, all the world in onboarding. And here's one of the things that I found. Um, the longer it takes you, is the longer it takes you to bring someone into a team, the interest starts coming down, 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 down. So uh, one story, 11 years ago, uh, when I went to Lakewood, the time was about six weeks, six to eight weeks from the time they said, hey, I want to serve to the time that they were there. And one of the biggest complaints we had is like on the seventh week is like, man, they won't answer the phone anymore. You know, oh, they didn't show up to the training. They didn't show up. Well, because they lost interest. Mm -hmm. So on the integration, it's, it's how can we make it efficient, quick, and hey, I want to serve. Let's get you plugged in. Yeah. Right? Uh, the third pillar or the third area will be recognition. What are we doing as a church to make sure that our volunteers are being recognized, that they feel appreciated, uh, and there's many strategies in there. Yeah. The fourth one will be development. What are we doing as a church to ensure that our volunteers are growing? That our volunteers are growing not only spiritually. Oh, because here's the one thing, Ryan. 
it, I think the church of the past used to think that, and this is going to be controversial, but hear What me out. It? They used to think that any type of trainings will be only focused on the spiritual side of, th yeah. of the things that we do. Yeah. Now, that's to me, that's a foundation. That's yeah. the basis. You cannot do anything with that. But then you need to add on top of that skills training, yeah. communication training, you know, yeah, sure. all the, all the things, you know, practicality. Yeah. So, again, development. Are we developing our volunteers spiritually and also, you yes. know, skills and all that? And the fifth big rock is retention. What are we doing as a church to ensure that we retain our volunteers? And second, you know, so do we know why they're leaving? So that's kind of the cycle. Yeah. Um, and just in those five points, if, if this is a great start to brainstorm with your team. Okay, yeah. Let's take a look at these five points. What are we doing? What can we do better? Uh, in my book, I will obviously offer a lot of awesome. <laughs> tips and suggestions. Looking forward yeah. to that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Awesome. <laughs> yeah. So attraction, integration, rec uh, recognition, development, and retention. Absolutely. Those are the five points. Five Pillars of Volunteer yes. Management by Luis Martinez. Yes. Nice. Very nice. Um, <laughs> so well, if I see a book out there with these five points, we'll track them down. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right. no, yeah. yeah. Uh, well, thank you, man, so much for, yeah. for everything, for all your insight. I mean, you're definitely someone to uh, um, to take notes from um, because <laughs> you, you have a lot of experience in this and, and uh, a lot of success in this as well. So um, one final thing, how can people uh, connect with you? Maybe they want to get in touch with you for you oh, know, yeah, consultating. Sure. Anytime. So, uh, you know, obviously there's the, by email, it's Luis at L-U-I-S mm -hmm. at solutions for ministry.com. Just okay. the way it sounds. Um, there's, you know, obviously by Facebook and by Instagram. I think I'm, This is this is well. It's K I K E, Kike Martinez USA. That's my uh, username at Instagram and Facebook. And then hey, my number, my telephone number is two one zero eight eight four seven nine six nine. Text me first, or I won't answer <laughs> because there's so much telemarketing right now that I don't oh, answer man. any on numbers. Just hey, this is da da da. I want to yeah, get some. Yeah. But anyway, yeah, yeah, of course. Anyway. All right. Yeah. Any questions? Yeah, I appreciate that. No problem. Uh, you know, um, reach out to him uh, for for any of your needs. Um, Kiki, it's been a, a pleasure talking to you, man, as always. Thank you so much for, for coming on. And we'll, we touched on some things that I think we're going to have to have you come back and we'll do another, <laughs> a whole other podcast. Um, I, I really like the idea of having like a, a podcast for, for marketing ministries. Um, I think that would, that'd be good. And you have a lot of You seem to have a lot, a lot of knowledge there as well. I would totally appreciate it. Yeah. I would love to do that again. All right, yes. man. Well, uh, thank you once again, and uh, God bless you. Well, thank you for having me. God bless you. All right. Thank you so much for listening today. If you're not currently subscribed, I would hate for you to miss an episode that has your name on it. It's going to speak right to you and to your situation. So make sure that you're subscribed. Also, if you enjoy the content, please leave a rating or a review. That really helps us out in iTunes. We will see you next week for another episode of Leading the Christian Leadership Podcast.